ball don't lie. lie. That ball don't lie. What's good, everyone? Or Don't Lie Australia, podcast number 51, coming your way. I'm your host, Dan Dunellen. Joining me as he does every week, Mel Crawford. The big dog. How you doing over there, buddy? I'm pumped. Ooh. Two reasons. Number yep. well, <laughs> I'm actually pumped, but down at the same time, because the Boxing Day test has lasted two days, one hour. I was going to say, I thought for a second there you were going to say three days, and I'm like, whoa, 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 no. whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't even get home from the shops this morning, and it yep. was over. I was like, oh, yeah. no. I would have gone out an hour later if I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. The only way you could sell that is that the English team made it to day three. Fuck. <laughs> oh. Saw Ugh. a picture, a poster, a meme, if you will, mm-hmm. how, how to lose a test series in 12 days. <laughs> Any. Any rom-com fan out there will get that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But I'm also pumped. Mm-hmm. Does the name Demetrius Jamal mean anything to you? No, should it? Yes. And I don't know if any listeners out there, if that means anything to you, but it will after this. You will know Demetrius as one. Ron Artest, no. Big 12. Does that mean anything to you? Big 12, yeah. Yeah, I've come across it before. Yeah. Big 12, Ninja. You know him as Ja Morant. Won the game for the Grizzlies today. <laughs> game winner. Suns thought they had it uh, locked up. Great. Um, ATO is the buzz acronym now. They're after timeout play uh, to get Devin Booker wide open for a three. Great play. Uh, Suns went up, thought it was all over. And then they let Ja Ja Morant get downhill off a dribble handoff from Desmond Bain. Snakes his way into the keyway. Bob's your uncle. Pack her up, boys. Grizz, this was a scheduled loss, Mal. Mm. Second night of a back-to-back on the road into Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun, and they come out with a victory. So I was pretty pumped. I enjoyed this game. Yeah, look, it's Christmas, so... uh... Well, we have just had Christmas. Um, tell you what, I'm still feeling the Christmas spirit. I'm not going to throw a shade at your team this time. <laughs> I'm. I was actually hoping you were, and you know why. But we'll leave that alone. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, and I mm. think our uh, good friend of the show, listener Scotty Munro, would would know what I'm talking about. But look, as you said, Christmas cheer, Christmas spirit. We're going to leave it alone. Hey, feel free to you know fire back. No, you haven't fired away, so I'm not going to fire back. Let's be kind. We're approaching a one-year Annie here, so, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's all love. It's all love. Mm. Um, But I I do have one in the chamber next time you want to say (laughs) something about Memphis, so it's all good. It's fine, mate. Um, uh, You know, uh, like we talked about, uh, actually, on Boxing Day, um, Mm. we went and watched some basketball together. That's when the five-day test match started. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, jeez. Yes. You uh, you mentioned, you know, 
how my team's going right now, and I, I mentioned how your team's gone historically. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. You can't, uh, you know, you can rarely have it both ways, mm. unfortunately, mm. but that's all right. We'll all get right. there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on. If you haven't already, everybody, or if this is your first time listening, welcome. And please follow us, subscribe, like, Instagram, Facebook, and wherever you get your podcast from, which is where you're listening right now. Uh, make sure you chuck us a follow on there. We appreciate that. Coming up this week is like not a lot going on, but we have a lot to talk about, mm. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we're going to be wrapping up NBL round four and... You know, what's going on in the NBL at the moment? It's sort of mirroring the NBA in, in certain ways. Uh, we'll head over to the WNBL, catch up with what's happened in round four down there. We have a another guest lined up for you this week. Mm-hmm. Someone who's had a bit of a different journey in life and basketball. And, you know, you're going to want to hear this story about how our guest for this week, Blake, has... has Really, how would you describe it? Just found something in basketball to help him through circumstances. Yeah, rediscovered basketball, and it's you know, it's helped him through this stage mm. um, of his life and uh, a bit of a rebuild stage that he's going through. So that's a great listen coming up later in the show, of course. Make sure you tune in for that. After we hear from Blake... We'll be checking the NBA headlines. It's not a lot of them, so we're going to deep dive a bit. Talk about our Aussies who are just absolutely scorching over there right now. Mm. Uh, we won't even get to Josh Green, who just had a great game today as we record, but there we go. We've mentioned him. And finally, we're going to finish off. It's the last, it's not just the last pod of the year, which is pretty exciting. It's just the last pod of the month also, which means we have our special... Crackham Retro Draft. Yeah, baby. So that's right at the tail end of the show. The 15 Packer will be drafting 90. Uh, yep. We, three cards each. Yep. Three on three team from the 1990 1991 NBA Hoops Pack. Mm. Oh, and I think we're back to my turn to draft first. Watch out, Mel. You won by, what was it, two votes last time? Drafting first? Yeah, well, you know. That's that's one way to look at it. <laughs> Speak, speaking of drafts, we had our Christmas movie draft last week. Mel, would you like to know the results of that? And it's not going to shock you because I've already told you, but yeah, the listeners might might be a little what? <laughs> yeah, go on, go so, on with it. Hit Mel, with we we drafted our three favorite Christmas movies. Um, no, no, you were. Uh... What's, what's the term? Uh, I don't want to get too, you know, I don't want to say the right word. Um, you were uh, disrespectful to, to my favourite Christmas movie? Hey, you, you you got one from the franchise. That's all oh, you needed. Righto, righto, righto. <laughs> so, mm. Mel, as far as I could see on Facebook, mm-hmm. through that social, mm. wipe the floor, mm. wipe the floor. Yep. On Instagram. And let's wrap it up there. That's there's no need to <laughs> no need to deep dive on that one. Oh. Clearly. Okay. Clearly. All right. We'll we'll leave it there. <laughs> Moving on. Come on, what happened on Instagram? No, no, you're gonna leave it there. I'll tell you off here how it went. <laughs> <laughs> NBL round four. 
Bullets Babble. This is a, He's actually moving on, folks. That's, that's Bullets Babble. This is a segment we brought up last week. We introduced where we're going to talk all things bullets and everything they're doing. And this week, it's going to be the shortest Bullets Babble you'll ever hear because, well, their game against Cairns got postponed. Yep. And now their game against Perth is postponed. Yep. So. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the Bullets Babble. Yeah, if you want to know our thoughts on uh, the Bullets currently, go back to our previous pod and basically listen to that because nothing on the court has happened since. How to hear first, the Bullets will not lose a game this week. Mm. But in in lieu of Bullets Babble, I just wanted to bring up a couple of ex-NBL guys who've uh, earned themselves a shot this week. Uh, Just in case you haven't heard, we've got Scotty Hobson, formerly from... Melbourne United. He's just signed a 10-day contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder, so that's pretty exciting for him. Nice. And those keeping up with former Southeast Melbourne star, Kiefer Sykes. Remember, you can see his documentary on Amazon, by the way. Highly recommend it still. He went over to the States. He got his 10-day with Indiana, and then you know he was playing in the G League a bit. He's just inked a two-year guaranteed deal with the Indiana Pacers. So, Kiefer Sykes, you know, he's, he's a little fella. He's not he's not a big guard by any means. And he's just made it work for him over there and got himself a two-year deal. So, that's fantastic news. And yeah, we, huge we hope congratulations. that, you know, these sorts of contracts from players from the NBL, just hope that it, it keeps building this image in Australia of us being sort of a breeding ground of talent to ship over to America or, you know, even keep building the game here in Australia, make it bigger and better. And, and this is definitely, you know, positive steps towards that. Yeah, 10 days are nice. Um, but, you know, guaranteed two-year contracts, that's that's, mm. that's much nicer. So that, that, that's genuine faith from the team. So obviously they've seen something that they liked and they're looking to lock that in. So... Mm-hmm. Great news for Kiefer. All right. Well, we'll go into the two games of round four that <laughs> happened. So, um, yeah, you know, there was meant to be three. We we're all ready to be, you know, watching the 36s in Perth as we record and, and taking notes on the game. And that got postponed uh, yesterday. So that's not happening. Mm-hmm. We'll jump into Tasmania. 84 defeated the New Zealand Breakers. 75. We've seen Tassie fade away in a few games recently and just not be able to keep up in the second halves. Not this time. No, sir. No, sir. This one, they, they got out to that early lead and they they kept it. Like, yeah, just you know, never looked back. Did not, um, you know, they did let uh, the breakers outscore them in the fourth, but that was the only quarter. And it was only by four, so they were all good. They still had that, still were able to hold that lead throughout. Um, they looked like they wanted this one a bit more right from the jump. They just... From the jack jump? <laughs> <sighs> what are we? 11 minutes in. There we go, folks. <laughs> Might be a new record. Wowzers. <sighs> Anywho. Um, yeah, look. They really went after this one. Um, uh, fun little fact. Uh, it was actually 27 years 
since was it we had uh, Wayne McDaniel who played for the Hobart Devils, mm. um, and he was there watching his son play and. You know, it's just nice little connections like that. A little bit of family in a, you know, very new franchise, obviously, but, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of connections to the local thing. Um, he didn't come out and have a huge game, but the team got it done, and, you know, that's what's important for the Jack Jumpers. They, this is their first season. Uh, no, we went into this season not really knowing what to expect, but knowing that a team bursting out of the gates... Um, and obliterating the competition was rare for a new team, and that's not what we've seen so far, but we've seen glimpses of, you know, they can put it together. And when they do, it looks good. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to do that consistency consistently through their game so far, but on this night, they, as a team, they looked pretty good. And uh, hashtag my guy, Jared Weeks, uh, got some minutes and got some buckets. So... Very happy. Very happy all around. Yeah, and look, 21 points from Josh Adams. I know we gave both Joshes a bit of a hard time last week and, you know, the spade was a spade. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, what I took away from this performance was he wasn't putting up as many threes. It was almost like, you know, Josh Adams is just hitting that refresh and then download every time our episode comes out so he can get our tips and advice. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, you know, he seemed to be driving a lot more and, you know, even if it's dribble, dribble drive and then kick out for playmaking, much better than just trying to look and force up these threes. I mean, it's it's not how Australian basketball is played in, in the half court sense. Uh, and, and just forcing it when your shot's not falling is just going to lead to, you know, disaster. Uh, as Majet's finding out, I mean... I branded him as legit two weeks ago, and he's killing me right now. <laughs> His playmaking's fantastic. He's probably top three in the league in being able to create shots for others right now, in my opinion. But he's 2 of 12 in this game. He's 33% from the field for the season. That ball is just not going in, and... I mean, it's still a relatively small sample size, but he's going to want to sort this out sooner than later because it goes from a, you know, a small sample size to a slump to a big problem. And you want to sort of cut in the middle there and, you know, come back out of it. Just like we've seen Dame Lillard do in the NBA in the last few weeks. So, Yeah, yeah. I do love it when you give a player a, uh, a nickname. Because it never backfires on you at all. (laughs) Especially when it's about the quality of their play. It never backfires. Just like I do with Ben Simmons, I'm standing by Josh Leggett. When he gets going, I'll I'll be the one still sitting here saying, I told you so. You've been standing beside Ben Simmons? Yeah, remember, mate? You're the one that jumps on the mic every week and hates on him. I don't hate... Well... I don't oh, not hate on him. Download I'm, previous episodes. Everyone. I'm also not the only one in the room. <laughs> not, not the only one in the room, folks. Oh, might have to go back and listen. Yeah, well, yeah. That, if we're going to go back and listen, let's, let's go back and listen to both sides of that conversation. One glaring elephant in the room. Yes. Yes. Mr. William Magne. Mm. 
Now, I wanted to do some proper research here, unlike what I usually don't do. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, I'm being harsh on Magne, saying, you know, he's not himself, he's not playing well. Let's make sure I'm supporting this with evidence. Yep. Again, small sample size. We're six games in. He's going to be playing 20-plus games this season. So maybe a third of the way through. But um, compared to... I'm not worried, too worried about Perth last year. That was a decent sample size, but he had just come back from the States and gotten his foot healthy, blah, blah, blah. So Yeah, well, he hadn't actually had the surgery at that point either. He was just playing through Yeah, as well, so, so I'm comparing this healthy season to his last Brisbane bullet season in 2019. Mm-hmm. So he's playing about 20 seconds less per game. So that's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, averaging over two points less, one and a half rebounds less, uh, less steals, half a block less. He's shooting 10% less from two points. So around the rim, he's shooting four. Should be his bread and butter. He's shooting 45% from the free throw line. That's less than Shaq, folks. Yeah. So 45% from the line. Generally, you know, he wasn't good for Perth last year, but back in the bullets, you know, he was in the high 60%. So there's your measuring stick there. And look, everything's down. Down, down. Everything's down. And... Again, maybe it's a Josh Majette situation and it's I've just got to work things out, you know, find my spot on the floor. I just don't understand how he's not getting more looks, how he's, he's not making more of a, you know, nuisance of himself on defense. I, I just struggle with, you know, what is he missing here or is he just in a little slump that he's going to work it all out, Mal? Well, that's the thing. It, it's obviously very hard to know. Um, and But it is noticeable to watch. Like You see him there on the starting five and you're like, Lep. and then it's last couple of games, it just feels like it's, it's sprinkled when you notice him on the court again. He's had, I would say, one good game. It was on my birthday against the Bullets. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks in 35 minutes. His highest minutes tally other than that is 24. Mm. And that was uh, against the Kings last week. Mm. So, Look, I can give you one upside. Oh, I can give you lots of upside. (laughs) (laughs) He's got stacks of that. Yeah, yeah. But in this game, in the Brizzy Willie off... Mm. uh, he did outscore the other Brizzy Willie. Oh, yeah, uh, we're going to get to him. <laughs> Will McDowell White by one point. Uh, but Will McDowell White had one more assist and they were the same. What? The point guard had a, an assist more than the center? I know, what? right? Um, but Will did have two blocks. Um, yeah. Will McDowell only had one. So, you know. Well,. They actually had, you know, statistically very, very similar games down on what we would expect from. Let's let's talk about the breakers then. I mean, Will McDowell White has been on a tear the last couple of weeks. Mm. 
as chat for most improved and, you know, can he lead this team? And then suddenly he plays 31 minutes and shoots five times. Yeah. Five. Now, oh, Yannick Wetzel, we'll get to him. Oh, may as well now. Yeah. He was fantastic. Mm. He had his 20 and 10, played a huge amount of minutes. He's been so consistent all year, giving you like 18 and 8 per game. Like, He's been their most consistent player, hands down. But the other three starters of this game, so I'm talking Delaney, Bessoff this week. Because <laughs> he's not Besson, let me guess. Yeah, long-time listeners, <laughs> a.k.a. last week, will uh, know that one. And Randall, they combined all together. They hit eight field goals out of 34. And Will McDowell-White who's been getting high 20s, if not 30s per game, shot five times. Mm. Please explain. That's There's not really much else to say about that. I mean, if if a player's hot and absolutely Jeremiah Martin off the bench was, uh, you know, a flamethrower, oh. 24 and 8 for him, absolutely. Oh. Feed of him New the Zealand's ball. 26 bench points. Yeah, so. just... Feed him the ball. That's fine. I yep. totally get that. But, I mean, if your other starters are shooting, what was that, like 25% from the field, maybe maybe it's time to stop shooting. Mm. You know, and it's it's just not working for you. But, you know, it is what it is. As I said, they're the professional players. I am not, so they know what they're doing. But that does appear a bit like there's been a couple of games so far this season with Bassoff, if you will. Yep, he's um, Bassoff this week. Where it's been Bassoff, like it just... He was Besson last week. Yeah, but there'll be... Besson fire. When he's not, though, oh, it's a tough watch. Besoff. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, we're going out with a bang. Are we, though? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, Besson can be just a tough watch when he mm. when he has games like this. Eey, ay, ay, ay. But, ay, ay, ay. but at the same time too, like like in that Illawarra game, um, mm. OT, and they just double OT, and it was, you know, they really pushed Illawarra, who were up near the top of the ladder, and yeah, it it. it just flat out look like two completely different teams. Mm. And that's, that's the shame of it because when they're, you know, the New Zealand breakers can put performances like that one together and yet they can come around and put performances like this one together. And look, it just, uh, you know, if they're going to play with that sort of level of inconsistency, then they're going to end up where they currently are on the ladder. So, you know. That yeah, is what it is, unfortunately. And look, we're we're a week removed from Besson scoring over fifty points across two games. Mm. Like he's capable, but mm. just not in this one. And uh, it's just, it's got to be disheartening for Breakers fans right now. Not to just point out the obvious, they're zero and six on the season, but mm. oh, like they've been competitive in some games, but they're also getting blown out of the building in others. So. I don't know where to go from here. I know they've had injury concerns and whatnot, but I don't know. They've they've got to do something to turn this around soon. 
try and get some runs up on the board, unlike England, and, you know, get their season back on track. I mean, they're kind of lucky in that it is only, you know, five, six games into the season. And, I mean, you head all the way up to uh, Cairns in fourth place, have only got two wins to their name. So they've got a couple games in hand due to postponements, but, you know, the difference between fourth and tenth right now is two wins. So it's not the end of the world for the Breakers, but they're going to have to start getting over the line in some of these games sooner than later. But should we keep it moving, Mel? Yeah, we do have one more game to talk to. We can't, yeah. uh, can't yeah, talk all about these the old Jack Jumpers and Breakers all night. <laughs> Melbourne United, 82 Take down the City Kangs, mm-hmm. 68. Uh, we had an absolute bloodbath between these two the week prior. Mm. <sighs> we were a bit worried about this one going the same way. The Kings came out red hot. <laughs> they were looking good. Uh, and then United just slowly just got themselves back the lead and, and just sort of went on with the job. Didn't look to be a, you know... A, I didn't want to devastate the Kings, but they, they it wasn't a contest after the, you know, in the second half. Uh, look, there was touches of it, you know, they were within reasonable touch you know, towards the end of the third, but by the fourth, you could see in their eyes, their fight was gone. Mm. Um, you know, she was over. She was over for them. Unfortunately, uh, for them, uh, for Sydney, um, Melbourne, and since it's Christmas, let's use the analogy. Uh, you know that uncle? Almost every family has that uncle or a you know, family member who shows up and just ruins things. That was a garter. Oh, Melbourne how, United, how a garter. Oh, my Lord. He just showed up and ruined things for Sydney. Like, what are you? He was 24 points, 14 rebounds, four steals, three blocks. Mm-hmm. Just how do you want it? Mm. That's how you're going to get it. Yep. He's shooting nearly 40% from deep on the season as well. I mean, gee whiz, he is just something special, hey? And like we, we saw him, um, you know, he's playing the Olympics with Nigeria, but getting a good look at him in the NBL here, he's he's special, I think. he's He's got it. Yeah, and look, United are looking quite good since their first two losses of the season to open up the account. They were 0-2. Things weren't looking so great and everyone was on their back. Now, after the last three wins, two of them, granted, over the gangs. Um, but, you know, you, they've just got a bit of momentum going and you can't help but look at their roster and the names and, you know, if a garter can consistently do things like this, you know, throughout the season, then it's going to be hard not to see them at, um, you know, the pointy end. So, Mm. yeah, it was good to see uh, Chris Goulding continue his hot shooting as well. Mm. Uh, Scoring, I guess he was a bit rough from deep on this one, but, you know, made all the buckets when he needed to. Delhi, I I think we know what he is at this point. Mm. I think... We've just got to really lower the expectations. For example, anyone that picked him for MVP should maybe <laughs> chill out a little bit. Righto, Tiger. <laughs> but uh, he's still... I mean, you open up the box score and you'll just be like, oh, Delhi, he doesn't have it. 
Mm. When you watch the game, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be Delhi's fan club here, but he does still control the game. He sets the tempo both ends. He's still doing the little things, I think. Floor general, and uh, he had the second highest plus minus for Melbourne in this one mm. of, uh, of 10. Um, and only scored, what, three points. You know, five rebounds, four assists. As you say, box score alone doesn't look good. Um, a lot of keyboard warriors out there. And I've seen them, you know, you know, basically just throwing shade at Old Delhi. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Like, you're clearly not watching the games because it's showing up in the tape. Mm. You know, maybe not in the scoreboard and all, all the things, you know, that I typically measured there. But on the things that aren't, that's where you'll see him. And he, you know, he's more that floor general style role. And that's fine. You know, totally okay. Obviously, yes, I would have loved for him to come back and just, as would almost every Australian, mm. Australian basketball fan, loved him to come back and just light it up, you know, and find his way back to an NBA team or something like that. And if that's not the case, if, if this is, you know, going to be what we see for the last couple of years of his career, that's okay. Still going to... Sit down and watch, you know. He's he's given me so much more as a fan um, than I could ever give him throughout his career. So mm. if he wants to stay with United for a couple of years and, you know, stick to more of that floor general role, totally fine with it. Totally fine. Yeah, and I think you just got to temper expectations and, you know, a lot of people, maybe including yourself, were expecting his 2015 Cleveland Cavaliers Delhi to show up and he... You know, he's 33% from the field. He's 13 13% from three. Mm. But the good thing about a jump shot is, like, it should always be there. It's not like he was... He was known as a, a 3 and D point guard. He wasn't known as a high-flying, you know, contact dunk or anything. Like, he didn't depend on his athleticism a lot. So... As that drops off, Delhi can still be Delhi. He's just got to find that rhythm again with his, his deep shot. And two, when you're watching his games on those times when the threes do go in, it's when he's catching the ball and then when he's choosing the shot, if you will, in, instead mm. of when he's you know when he's got that closer defender and he's a bit more pressured into his shot. Those aren't just aren't going in. Um, you know, and, and that may too um, have a link back to uh, like you know, the concussions that led him to leave the NBA. Maybe there's a touch of you know psychology in that as well, possibly. You know, but uh, he, as an Australian basketball fan, like I said, he's he's given more than we can ever give back. So layoff. He's still doing good. He's just uh, you know he's not catching fire like. Uh, Almost all of us would love to see. Mm. Uh, and before we move on, um, Drell Martin for the Kings has now put two good games together in two not-so-close games. Mm. Um, but shout out Xavier Cooks. Field goals aren't there at the moment, but no. I'm loving the energy that he brings. His points and rebounds are both well up from last season. And in this one, 10 rebounds, two steals, three blocks. He, he's giving you that energy... And you need those players on the floor. It's like pretty similar to what we're just saying about Delhi. Like, 
okay, my scoring's not working for me. How else can I help the team? And I'm taking those guys on my team over just about anybody. Mm. Um, so shout out to those guys. Um, before we move on to the WNBL, Mal, bit of news coming in from the NBL. Yep. Uh, it's going to impact our show next week. <laughs> so the following games, and this is the in the article, must be postponed. Adelaide versus Perth, December 28th. Ouch. Mm. Brisbane versus Perth, January 1st. Mm. And Adelaide versus Southeast Melbourne, January 2nd, is also postponed, leaving us with just two games this week. It'll be Cairns and Perth on Friday the 31st, and Tassie versus Melbourne United on Saturday the 1st of January. So... Bit of a bummer, mm. but uh, yeah, that's what's happening in the NBL for the next week. I did also hear today um, there's a high likelihood that uh, the NBL might be taking a two-week break in February for the uh, FIBA qualifiers. Mm. That's the big push. Um, obviously, Gorgian's been pushing that with Basketball Australia and the NBL, um, which is on one hand, it's great that he sees that rose gold isn't enough and wants more and wants you know Australia to put the be- our best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, you can't help but think that um, you know this is gonna if the NBL does take the two week break, that it's gonna help out his Hawks considering he's the only uh, he's the only NBL coach there with uh, international duties in that time. So. Mm-hmm. Will be interesting to see which way the NBL goes on that one, though. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye out. Uh, look, we won't worry about ladder or anything like that with just the two games. Uh, so jump across to the, the ladies, WNBL. Mm. Mm. So we had three games happening over there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Beat the NBL there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number one, Mal, we had a close loss for the Flames against the Boomers. In, in a game that could have gone pear-shaped, but look, Shyla Hill, we put it out there on our socials. We knew this game was going to happen, mm. and here it was, 29-8-4. Keely Froling starting to find her feet as well. That was someone we mentioned last week that, you know, we've seen in the NBL 1, just carve it up. We need to see it out there on the WNBL floor. Uh, but what did you take away from this game, Mel? Uh, my takeaway from this one, there was a couple. Um Uni Flames uh, never gave up. They were down by 20-odd points. Mm. Um, but they didn't panic. They didn't just give up. They kept on fighting, um, which really sort of fits back into uh, that idea. After after a disappointing last, se- last season for the Flames, um, Shane here was brought in with the new owner, and they put together a three-year plan. And when you look at their... Um, first few games and their younger roster and everything that kind of makes sense that they're you know that they're trying to build for the future not necessarily this year um so that's and when you see games like this when they're down by 20 odd against rather good solid competition and the melbourne boomers mind you when when i watched this game they actually looked everywhere on the court like they were taller Mm. which 
is kind of a really helpful thing in basketball if everyone on one team is bigger than the other team. Um, but they didn't give up. They got firing. They It felt like they put up half, the Flames put up half a million threes, mind you. They definitely could have gone inside a little bit more, even a bit of, you know, in and out. But, uh, yeah, Melbourne Boomers got it done in the end. Um, but one thing I did like from the Flames definitely was their full court press that they played, you know, in big chunks of this game. And they were able to get a couple of eight-second violations. Now, if they keep, you know, working that throughout the season, yes, other teams are going to see it and come up with plans for it. But they're also going to get really sharp at it, and they're already pretty good. Mm. So look out for them to really potentially shut down teams in the backcourt um, later on the year. Yeah, Tiff Mitchell just looks like an absolute weapon if they're going to unleash her. And speaking of unleash, Ezzy Magbegore, oh, getting tongue-tied here. Uh, in her last two games, Mel, mm. I, don't, I don't know if you've been keeping track, she's averaging 20 points per game. This is just in her last two. Mm-hmm. 13 rebounds, seven assists, three steals, two and a half blocks over her last two. So pretty quiet start to the season, if we're honest, and we were honest about that. Mm. But in these last two, my goodness. Uh, she, yeah. She's got to be right up there with an, another uh, player that we're going to be speaking about very shortly uh, f- from Bendigo. Um, but... Yeah, massive two games for Ezzy. Uh, it's good to see her finding her feet and get going here for the Boomers. Yeah, and we had Kayla George for the Boomers there was early in the game, was just flat out looking to push the ball mm. um, in a Magidor. So, you know, obviously they've got that connection there and really looking to, um, to, to push that home because when you look at both of them on the court... They're a tough defensive matchup, and when they're working in tandem, best of luck. Best of mm. luck. They're, they're, they're going to smoke most teams inside. And uh, there were times when, yeah, they just flat out smoked the flames. Um, All right, we'll jump into the next game there, Mel. The Caps, not our Caps. Nope. Canberra's Caps. Yep. 100, took down... Bendigo Spirit, 100 to 88. Mm. So, you know, this is good games all around. The one you saw on our socials, of course, came from the losing team, unfortunately. But um, Annalie Maley, my goodness, yeah. 38 points and 20 rebounds. Mm. I know some people in social leagues that I play with or see that would like to get that in a season. <laughs> and I'm literally not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that you turned and looked at me when you said in a season. Um, hey, mate, I'd like to think in a season you could cover the 20 rebounds. I could cover the 20 rebounds. Don't yeah, know about yeah, yeah. the 38 points. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I was paid a compliment <laughs> by a good friend of mine, Macca, once. He said, you are an amazing rebounder con- considering how low you get off the ground. <laughs> right. I thought that was just his way of saying, like, you're not good at anything else. No. That'd be pretty It rough. was his way of saying, you don't jump, mate. <laughs> hey, like my good friend, he doesn't know it, but like my good friend, Zach Randolph, same thing, mate. He doesn't know it, yep. Didn't yeah. need to jump. Oh. He grabbed a million yeah. rebounds. Yeah, the points oh, look probably probably a bit tricky. Probably a bit <laughs> tricky. But 
what an amazing game. From it's the kind of stat you look at and think. Typo? Like, <laughs> uh, I was actually thinking my mind goes straight back like 70s, 80s, NBA-style stats mm. where they just, you know, huge amount of points, huge amount of rebounds, and that was just the game. But in today's WNBL, that's that's a wildly impressive stat line. Yeah, look, Caps all round, friend of the show, Brit Smart, killing it, friend of the show, Rufy, killing it, Jade Melbourne, future friend of the show, killing it, Brittany Sykes, 33 points, massive game. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, Kelly Wilson had a double-double. That's just, yeah, su- such an impressive game from the Caps. They should be pretty happy with their performance here. Definitely should be, definitely should be. And obviously they'll be um, uh, without their, looks like they're going to be without their coach for the next four weeks. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, mm. interesting development there. I heard today that um, Basketball Australia is actually going to appeal um, the punishments that were, that were dealt out uh, to the Capitals coach and to the referee. Um, because they were, I believe, put in by an um, independent adjudicator. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that'll be, you know, again, that story will have more twists and turns for the Capitals. And, uh, look, we'll just have to wait and see how that unfolds for them over the next uh, two months, basically. Yeah, and look, we're not here to take sides or point fingers. We're just, we just chat about what gets reported and confirmed. Mm. So, you know, that's all we're doing here. Uh, but look, the spirit—they're gonna—they—they they really need Leilani Mitchell to get going. Yes, having an Opal averaging six points and four assists a game is just not going to cut it for him. And we all know Leilani's way better than that. Mm. Like, I'm not throwing any shade to her whatsoever. She's just had a bit of a slow start to the season here, and they really be looking forward to her finding her feet and um you know, really taking hold of these games a bit more. Which they're going to need to do if they want to, you know. She Look, she's one of our best ever. Mm. She's going to work it out. She's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, uh, last game. Sad one. We're, we're pretty unapologetic in being bullets homers here on the show. Mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. are Queenslanders. Therefore, mm-hmm. we're Townsville Fireys. We're just not the type Wrong of word. calendars <laughs> yet. Speak for yourself. We have the before shots. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've had them for over a decade. <laughs> yep. No, we don't have the blonde hair ones. No, uh, no, 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 no. Unfortunately not. Although if you're out there and you have them, please get in contact with the show. I think all those photo albums just got lost the other day. I don't know what happened. They're gone. Mm, well, we can't call ourselves fireys and then go starting fires <laughs> of photo albums. So, yeah. Look, speaking of the fire, like I thought they were going to run away with this one, and the flyers just mm. hunted them down. Rebecca Cole. Yep. Game two hundo. Pulled yeah. in twenty four points. Shout out Kobe. Of course, <laughs> you knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But what an amazing performance from her and. Um, before we even talk about any other player, just to see her raw emotion during the comeback and break down after the game, and you could really see what it re- like, what it meant to her, and mm. 
as a fan or you know I'm unapologetic. I'll go for the other I go for the other team. But seeing Cole in that moment was just so nice and it, it's really beautiful to see what the game means to people. Yeah, and look, she came out stroking in this game. Um, right from I think she she scored the second basket of the game for Southside uh, and got an assist from you know friend of the show Abby Bishop mm. and just shout out stroking like uh, just looked like she had it for the whole game. It was it was really interesting. It was a really solid two hundredth game. Um, you know, there was not much to say about it. Her team got a got out of there in the end with the W and uh, yeah, which at one point wasn't looking good because Southside were uh, down by 18 points um, at one stage and then got back to a one point lead with two minutes 30 to go and then held it the rest of the way. That was, that was that they ended up getting it done. Um, But one thing I would notice from the flies, I think one of the major reasons they got down was they weren't really moving um, much inside. Uh, mm. There was a little bit of, there was the original cut and there was the, you know, the occasional screen, but then there, w- there was no second phase to anything they did. There, there was never any, um, and they were just trying to you know, shoot the ball themselves and shoot out of it. Um, and that's evident in the Flyers shooting 13 more free throws. Mm. Um, and Bishop and Cole between them were 16 of 17 from the line. Mm-hmm. I put that in there just for you, Mal, because I knew you'd love that. Mm. Yes, well, they both, um, well, they technically both finished out the game for the Flyers from the free throw line. Mm. So Cole had the, the ones that pretty much sealed the game, and then Bishop ended the ones, uh, knocked down the last couple, and then which then led to a uh, friend of the show, um, Steph Reed, getting the inbound, dribbled down, and throwing the Hail Mary three from half court, but didn't get it to go, unfortunately. Mm. Well, look. I'm looking forward to watching Billings as she keeps moving forward and getting adjusted to the game here. 22 and 10. Mm. Oh, in that first half, it just felt like she was being, um, she was unstoppable from the elbow there. The um, flyers were almost giving her a half step, full step sort of you know break and she was either, they didn't come all the way out to her, jacking it from the elbow without too much hassle. If they did step, you know, Right up in her space, make a move, go past to the basket. It's She's going to be one to watch throughout this season, no doubt. And just we're in the spirit of giving advice. Um, I guess it worked for Josh Adams this week. So to Mr. Seabomb, head coach of Townsville, mm-hmm. just a little bit of advice. Maybe a bit homerish here. Maybe. Still. Let's, let's okay. get friend of the show, Lara McSpadden, some run out there, hey? I mean, yeah, what is she on. doing sitting on the bench? Just in... <laughs> NBL one, she averaged twenty one and thirteen per game. Mm. We saw her live in our arena, mm. twenty four and seventeen from all over the court. Like I it mean, wasn't just inside, it wasn't just outside. She'd drive, she you know, post up in the block, step back from three. Mm. Mm. And, and look, don't get me wrong, I'm totally aware that you know if if Lara's going to get run, that means someone has to sit down and. Nadine Payne, giving them great minutes. Mm. She was a beast in NBL 1 as well. So I'm not here to say Nadine or or anyone, Monique. Um, I'm not really here to say anyone should make way, but 
I mean, you've got a player there that can really command the middle, and that's where Townsville struggled in this game, in my opinion. And your, the way you saw the game sort of agrees with that, I guess, Mal. You know, a lot of these outside shots, not a lot on the inside. And someone like Lara that we've seen just get it done for a whole season in NBL 1, even if getting that 10 to 20 minutes, that there's someone to command the post and, and the key way. And that's just my opinion. And it's it's 100% homerish, but it is what it is. Oh, yeah, it's, it's hard not to uh, see McSpadden's minutes and and feel like there shouldn't be shouldn't be more of them. Yeah, well, I mean, zero? Like, mm. zero? <laughs> Just average 21 and 13 for a season? Mm. You're, getting, you're getting a DNP? But Ugh. to her credit, though, like, every time out, she's there, she's enthusiastic, like, she's being that team member. So, oh, you know, absolutely. hopefully she can stay ready for when the call comes because it's, it's bound to come. It has to. She has too much talent for the call not to come. So we just have to uh, wait with our uh, Homer fingers crossed. Oh, get off my little high horse, I guess, because <laughs> I don't want to get her in trouble with the coach or anything like that. But that's just my opinion on things there, Mel. Mm-hmm. Um, things that grind his gears. <laughs> uh, not on this show. <laughs> what do we say on this show, Mel? Bangs your backboard. Yeah, but, that's you know. the one. Um, but Mel... I think that's about time that... Oh, my phone's ringing. Is it? Yeah. Can you hear it? Who could that possibly be, mate? I don't know. It said Blake a lot. It's yeah, probably some sure bloke did. called Blake. Yeah. Let's uh, have a yarn. Blake Ager coming up. Let's do it. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. All right, Ball Don't Lie Australia listeners, our guest for you this week, we have Blake Ager joining us, who has been through quite a bit in his life and still continues to keep battling and persevering and has some big goals in mind. We don't want to spoil too much straight off the bat, of course, because we're going to deep dive into that a bit later. Um, But Blake, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me, you guys. No dramas at all, mate. Well, let's let's jump straight in. Um, what were your junior days um, coming from Sydney? What what were your junior days of basketball like? What what got you into uh, into the basketball back in those early days? I've always been a fan growing up watching it, so I thought you know I think I was about nine or ten. Decided that I'd try it out because um, I used to only just play rugby league. Um, because I'm quite tall and quite physically big. Um, yeah, just picked up a ball one day, started mucking around with my father, was actually quite good at it. <laughs> so decided to um, go down and join a team at my local Manly um, Juniors Club um, and kind of went from there, really. Nice. Uh, what was the, what's the name of the Manly Club over there again? Um, I want to say it's this... When I say C, uh, it's something I can't remember, to be honest. All good, all good. It's been a while. <laughs> no dramas. I think um, from memory, because I, I know that NBL 1 East is coming live next year. I'm sort of trying to keep up with the clubs. I think their logo is pretty much the same as the NRL team. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to say C. 
yeah, but yeah, I clashes with the NRL, so I can't remember exactly what what, what it is. <laughs> all right, all good. Was it uh, Bayern Munich soccer team has also they now own a basketball team, so it's probably the same. It's all good. Mm. <laughs> all good. What were some of your um, greatest memories from those junior days, mate? Um, pretty much been a good defensive player. Like my my best memory that I can still remember. Um, as chasing down one of my good mates that used to play for Narrowband because we used to play football against each other and then go against each other in basketball. And I remember chasing him down the court and obviously he went for the big slam dunk in front of everybody and I jumped up and kind of grabbed the ball from behind him as he went for the slam dunk and stole it out of his hands. And we both had a good laugh and I ran down the court and passed and we scored. All right. Um, here at Borderline Australia, we, we won all the smoke. So drop the name. Who was it? Uh, his name was Junior. Junior. He's gonna hate. Yeah, he's gonna hate me for it. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. All good. We, we got to get the name out there. It's yeah. it's part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so you know you had your junior days there, and um, you know your love for the game develops. But you know you've then had you know some health scares in in your life. Um, so you know we appreciate you coming on the show. And sharing your story in this, um, you know, aspect of your life with our audience. So, can you talk us through what exactly happened in, in your road to recovery? Yeah, definitely. So, pretty much, it's—I guess everyone's different about how it happens to them. But mm. um, I had a stroke, but it wasn't kind of like as you hear on the radio, or hear it seen on the TV. I didn't really get any of those kind of signs where you go, like your face goes like droops on one side or your left side, you can't lift up your arms or anything like that. So got up one morning and felt absolutely fine, no issues. I uh, drove to work, which was about half an hour drive to work, no issues there. Um, walked in, said hi to everybody, uh, went to the lunchroom and went to t- uh, put my shoes on, tie my shoelaces, put my right one on, no issues, bent down to tie my left shoelace. And I thought I'd maybe just like pinch, pinch myself because I was, I was playing rugby league at the time, so I thought, oh, maybe I just kind of like pinch, pinch one side, and had pins and needles uh, from my left side down, and like a migraine. And I was like, oh, I had migraines before, so it didn't seem too much of it. And then, um, all at the same time, uh, lost vision on my left hand side too, so it went all blurry. And I thought, uh, with a migraine, it happens. Like, not gonna worry too much about it. So I tied my shoelace got up, uh, went out the back to work, walked around for, say, about 10 minutes or so, and I was like, mm, I don't think this is right. I think something's wrong. So I told my boss, I said, I can't see probably I need to go to the doctors. Um, and one of the boys from there goes, I jump in the car. I'll take you to the hospital. I said, yeah, no dramas. I said, I think I'm having a stroke, but I'm not entirely sure. And I drove me to the Gold Coast University Hospital. Uh, we, he parked, let me out. He left to go back to work. I walked in like like nothing like I didn't think anything of it. Could still walk, still talk. No, like you wouldn't be able to tell. And then still in line, told the lady what was going on. She took my details. And by the time she took my details and got me to walk around the side, my vision was getting worse. So I could only see out of my right eye, but luckily there was a mirror there. So I could look into the mirror and judge where everything was and where I could Mm. like kind of go forward from. So, open door, went through there, and by the time I went from the waiting room out to the back, 
it was like four or five doctors, nurses, everybody was standing around, rushing around, going, going crazy pretty much. And like laid me down, did all the tests, pulled me through to MRI and then told me that like, you've had a stroke or well, you're having a stroke on your right-hand side of your brain, uh, which I think it was, they call it an isometric stroke. Um, so they're all running around stressing out, doing all this. I'm just laying on the bed smiling. Like, and the doctor's like, well, why are, are you worried or what? And I said, oh, I'm not too worried. I said, it is what it is. I said, it ha it's happening. There's not much I can do. That's why I'm here. Um, just do what you guys can do kind of thing. So I had to sign the, I had to sign a waiver to say if I wanted to trial the experimental medication or just a generic one. So I said, I, I told him that I'll just give me the trial one. I said, it is what it is. Like if it's, if it's your time, it's your time. Like I've, I've been around for 30 years already. So, um, yeah, I'm happy he's away. So they gave me the trial one. I'm pretty sure because they're not allowed to tell you. And the nurse goes, oh, it's a pretty hectic blood symptoms. Like you, you could bleed from your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your ears. Don't stress too much if that happens. I said, okay, no drama. It's like, easier to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've, no drama at all. So I'm, I'm laying in there, laying in bed, and I'm like, oh, my mouth started bleeding. Like my teeth and mouth started bleeding. I was like, oh, can I have a drink of water? Oh, drink. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can drink. Like I haven't tried since this all started happening, but I'm pretty sure I can. She's like, okay, then can you eat this biscuit as well? And I'm like, yeah, most horrible biscuit in the world. I remember that. Like, there's no tomorrow. Like, there's a lot of things I can't remember in my life, but that biscuit, absolutely horrible. Um, so you could eat, could drink, and she's like, oh, okay. So ticked all that off, waited around uh, till, oh, till it all kind of, I guess, worked kind of thing. Um, and they sent me upstairs into where the stroke part is. Um, yeah, that place isn't as great as, <laughs> as anyone would think. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of people that aren't as lucky as I am. So they'd put me in the 1% of people that have a stroke, but you kind of wouldn't know unless, one, I'm going to get tired and, like, that starts to affect me more. Yeah. Um, or, the, or I tell you kind of thing, there's not too many signs of it kind of thing. Um, which in saying that, like, I can't – I lost vision in my left eye, so mm – -hmm. They took, it took half of it. So I can see half out of my left eye. I can't see. Like, so you can walk up next to me and scare, and scare me. Like, I can't see behind me anymore. <laughs> like, the, so if I, someone, like, brushes past me, like, oh, what was that kind of thing? And then I'll notice them once they're gone a bit further in front. Mm -hmm. um, left, I'm not strong in my left-hand side anymore, which I would probably never was because I'm right-handed, but <laughs> a, lot, a lot worse than I was, so. Um, can't shoot left-handed like I can't lay up on my left left hand like I can but it's absolutely horrible like you wouldn't even bother it's all right. Mal, can't, Mal can't do that either and he has hey, hey, yes. hey, hey. <laughs> I can lay up on the left hand side mate it's just with my right hand yeah see I can do that with my right hand on the left hand side but left hand side absolutely horrible see yeah it's a gang up it's us two versus you mate calm down <laughs> um, and other than that like yeah just yeah full, full effect on my left hand side um, they do re I use pretty much I use basketball as a rehabilitation kind of way because you don't get to do too much re rehabilitation with the hospital or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I've kind of 
adapted basketball into it. So practicing bouncing ball with my left hand, um, kind of going right to left and kind of just preempting where it's going to be because I lose the vision of it and then be able to bounce it back. So it, it's actually helped me a lot um, with coordination and kind of get back into the rhythm of life again. And so, you know, all jokes aside um, between Mal and I here in the studio, but, uh, you know, it, it's got its obvious effects, you know, post-stroke on your basketball game. Um you know, what, what other adjustments have you had to make? So, for example, you know, I think, you know, do you dominant, predominantly spend a lot of time on the left-hand side of the court? So, you know, your right eye has most of the court in, in vision or, Yeah, you know, correct. So, yeah. I kind of just adjust to what I can work with. So, yeah, particularly stay on the left-hand side so I can full see it. But if I get caught on the right-hand side, well, then I've just got a deal. <laughs> I try and keep... Say if they're coming down the court, I'll try and keep them close to the sideline where enough where I can just see exactly where they are. Yeah. But um, if there's someone behind me on my left side, like it's like free game. They can get me pretty good. I probably shouldn't say that because I'm sure my friends are going to be <laughs> listening to me and people I play against. But um, yeah. Junior's <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> probably uh, bigger than me. Right, that's all right. <laughs> um, so. Blake, you're currently playing um, with the Gold Coast Special Olympics uh, team. Can you tell us a bit more about the league there? And, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, there's a few little shout-outs you want to provide through yeah. the show. Yeah, definitely. So, first I was, it's a whole different world to what I was used to. And they're absolutely amazing people and have taken me in like, like no tomorrow. Like, I didn't, you wouldn't even know that world kind of existed. Um so, I, so Michael Morgan's the coach of him, absolute legend of a guy. He spends all his time looking after people with disabilities, kids with disabilities, um, taking them to basketball, taking them to any kind of sport they want to do. Um, and he runs a class or class kind of thing down at Talabadra on Friday afternoons. Um, and that, I go down there with them and train with them and do all that kind of stuff with them. Um, and he, him and Julie were one of the two of the original people that started up uh, the Unified League that plays at Carrara. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much anybody with a disability that ever wants to try out basketball or play basketball um, can go down there, and it's a good time. Like they don't they don't judge, they don't tell you that you're not good enough. Um, they'll they'll put you into a team where you've got two or three people with a disability, and they'll put you with them. And then two people that are normal. When I say normal, just yeah, I guess I guess I'd say normal. Um, and that they'll help you around the court. Like they'll they'll pass you the ball and make sure you score and kind of just mm. make sure everyone's having a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, boys, girls, doesn't matter your age. Everyone's just out there to have fun and um, get to know each other and just they just have a good time. Really, yep. so, sounds like just supporting people through the game of basketball it's amazing what this game of basketball can do and and what it means to all sorts of different people from basically everywhere it's yeah. it, it's a great help to um so many people and it's helped so many people through so many different things you know throughout their own lives and it's uh, it's great to hear that there's people using it to um help people in your situation and others 
Yeah, it yeah, sounds man. like it's sort of the physical aspect you're talking about, you know, the rehab and, you know, I guess it's helping with the coordination and things like that. But um, then on the other side, it's also like, um, I guess, mental health uh, and wellness as well in that it's giving you that outlet and mental release that you need through the week. So um, it's just yeah, amazing definitely. what basketball does for everybody and, um, you did mention off air that you've got a bit of a, a dream ahead of you. Um, if you want to share that with the audience and if you know if you're heading in the right direction or not. Uh, so I, I hope so. So I'd like to play for a show one day, obviously, in the Special Olympics. I know in 2023 they're going to do Berlin. And I don't know if I'll be good enough by then. But hopefully four years after then I should be hopefully up there with, with the top of them. So fingers crossed in like four years' time, I'll hopefully have one last chance to represent Australia and not be too old. <laughs> fingers crossed. And, and of course, yeah. when you make it, you make sure that we're your first stop to come and have a chat about it. Yeah, definitely will be. <laughs> don't, don't go and get too Hollywood on us. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well, well best of, definitely best of luck with your dream of making the Australian team. Unfortunately, it didn't. Mine and Dan's dream of making the Australian team didn't quite work out for us yet as players. Yeah. Um, but that's all right. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll keep it moving, mate. Um, were there any more? Were there any players' names you wanted to give a shout out to on the uh, on the Gold Coast Special Olympics team of yours? Uh, just another, probably another trainer that helps out Michael out a lot, and actually helps myself out a lot. Um, Anthony, he's an absolute legend of a guy as well, and also Brennan. Um, both play with them outside the special interest as well. I play; they have a team in a Division Four comp, so I go down and play with them as well. And they're absolute legends of a guys, and can't appreciate them any any more than yeah anything in the world what they've done for me so far. Awesome. We love a good shout-out here, so no worries yeah, at all. Shout-out. I mean, you're an official friend of the show now, and they can be honorary friends of the show. Mm, nice ring to it. Yep. <laughs> all right, uh, Blake, we know you're a regular listener, so I'm sure you've been hanging out for this part of the interview. We, we call this Let It Rain. We're going to bombard you with some quick-fire questions to finish off with uh, here tonight. Yep. Are you ready? <laughs> As ready as I can ever be, probably fail, but yeah, I'll give it a good shot. Hey, <laughs> look, you can't, you can't succeed or fail in this segment. There's just better and not better answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. First question should come as no surprise. Uh, who are your top five players of all time? Yeah, so I'll have to go with Paddy Mills straight away. Aussie uh, icon, next PM. He just need, he just gets it done at the moment. Mm -hmm. He's Doing yeah. the nets absolutely amazing at the moment. Paddy for PM. Yep. Yep. Uh, number two, can't go past Kobe. You've got to have Kobe up there. <laughs> and he'd be number one if he was Aussie, but <laughs> he has to be number two, unfortunately. Um, number three would be Dennis Rodman, of course, one of the best rebounders that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, four, probably put, well, I'd just like to put Shaq there. Just because I'm a fan of him, mm -hmm. um, and then five. The tricky spot. The tricky spot. He's going in. <laughs> Number five. Now it's only because I, I wear his shoes and I love his shoes, and he's actually probably played pretty good in the past two games. Ends is um Damien Damien Leonard uh, with Dame. Mm. 
Yeah, unfortunately, the latest of those two games you're talking about came against my Memphis Grizzlies, but yeah. <laughs> we're, we're okay. not going to talk about that. It's too hurtful for me. You, you don't have, we don't have time to deep dive? No, no, no. Next time, Blake, next time. All right, Blake, who's your favourite music artist? Ooh, um, I really don't have one. <laughs> um, if I had to choose one off the top of my head, probably Post Malone. Post mine. All right, you've yeah. been called up to the stage. Your go-to karaoke song is. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea because I don't do karaoke. And I don't sing because it sounds like a bunch of cats getting hurt. <laughs> That's the best type of karaoke. Yep. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when Dan does it, so that's why he's you know totally okay with that. If I had to choose one and make an absolute fool of myself, you'd have to go with Aqua Barbie or just to absolutely just make a front, make everyone laugh. Ah, well, have to. I, I guess the chick's voice in that song sounds like what you described as your singing voice. So that, yeah. that work well. <laughs> I can see Dan singing that one. You know, oh, I'm a Barbie. Yeah, oh, I do the Ken part. <laughs> There's more jokes there, but we don't have time, unfortunately. Uh, number three, mate. Uh, what's your go-to cheat meal? So when you're feeling a bit like you just need to smash something out that you know, just make you feel good, sort of, on the inside, short term, <laughs> what's your go-to? You can't go past the Zinger Box from KFC. Zinger Box. Oh, nice. Yeah. Some people have a lot of trouble answering this question. They don't, they don't really empathise with Mal and I because, you know, I have to choose seven of these a week. <laughs> you gotta you gotta know so zinger box love that that's good yeah. uh favorite kicks of all time um ooh, that's hard um at the moment uh, my favorite at the moment would be my jordan I can't go past a good set of jordans nice fair enough fair enough uh favorite movie mate ooh. that is a good one um I don't really have a favourite movie. Um, obviously, like Fast and Furious growing up, but kind of drifted away from the cars, kind of thing, once they got really bad. Um, <laughs> hey, you got to appreciate really those movies for what they are now. <laughs> like, they had good, they had like two, three good ones, and then kind of like absolutely lost it. And let's, we don't want to talk about it. So that's like a soft spot. Um, but yeah, let's, let's go with the OG Fast and Furious. All right. All right. In the movie that I'm sure will come out in a few years, the Blake Ager movie, who plays Blake Ager? I'd hopefully like one of my own sons to play me just because they kind of probably look like me but probably be better basketball. So it would make me look better, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I get like it. That. I get and, it. yeah, I, I actually do have a theory that my guy Denzel, once his time has come, I think his son, who's a – quite a well-known actor is going to play him in a movie at some point. So I think that would be pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> I can hear a lot of listeners saying, cool story, bro, right about now. Yeah. <laughs> and one host. Yeah. <laughs> I right. didn't realise we were quite on that telekinesis level. <laughs> David John Washington, great actor. Uh, okay, uh, Blake, you've got the keys to an NBL franchise, a brand newie. Well, let's just say my boy is Townsville, they're back. What yeah. two players currently in the NBL are you going to build around? Um, can't go past Creek at the moment when he posts right? has that dude. That yeah. was absolutely amazing. Friend he'd, of the show, he'd be my number, yeah, absolutely, he'd be my number one pick. 
Um, no doubt. Number two makes it hard because um, there, there is a lot of good ones at the moment. Um, you've got me on this one. <laughs> you've got me really good on this one. I don't have... All good. We can leave it with Creaky. That's a great starting yeah. piece there. There's, there's yeah. a lot of pieces that would work with that. So <laughs> that's yeah. all good. And uh, here I was bringing back the Crocs, and I've been a bit naughty there, forgetting that Blake's on the Gold Coast. Maybe we could have brought the Blaze back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. All good. Uh, uh, if you could sit courtside and watch any game from any league ever, what game would you go back and watch? I'd love to go back and watch Michael Jordan play when he was at his best, kind of thing. Um, in Washington. What I'd like yep. Yeah, <laughs> in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think with him, um, Rodman, if I could go back and watch them play, it would be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. 96, Jordan, I reckon. That's oof. All right. Favourite jersey number and why? Um, my favourite jersey number would be Number five, because it was um, the original jersey that I got when I first played in the Special Olympics. So it's, it's got a sentimental value to me at the moment. Very yeah, good. yeah. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Uh, I guess uh, we just got one last question for you. And we usually catch people by surprise here, but being a regular listener, <laughs> you might be a bit prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but to get away from us this evening, you have one last question, Blake. And that is, who do you think Mel and I should have on Ball Don't Lie Australia next? Could you get creaky? We could. In fact, we've, had, reckon, we've had creaky. <laughs> like getting back again. Getting like, back. Getting back. Of, yeah. Getting back and get him on about his posterizing part. I reckon. <laughs> well, Let's get him to throw all the shade at Delhi. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We might as well stir that pot up for the next time they play each other. Well, we were able to get him to open up. So, yep. you know. It's a great interview. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Sounds great. Yep. We'll, we'll pass it on that we, we need him yeah. back. Um, but Blake, <laughs> we really appreciate your time tonight, um, and especially sharing your story. Uh, and I think it's one that a lot of people will also appreciate you you sharing and, and getting it out there, and just showing that you know everyone faces their own battles in life, and it, it's about how you recover and persevere and move forward, not not necessarily what happens. So, um, once again, thank you very much, and best of luck uh, with your hoops moving forward. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you having me on and letting me tell my side of the story. No dramas, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Blake, for sharing your personal basketball story. That's what we're all about here. Everybody's got their own basketball journey and Blake's on his own, so big thank you for him sharing his and I'm sure we'll hear again, hear from him again at some point down the line. All right, buddy, we've talked NBL, we've talked WNBL, we've talked the leagues we love. They play that sweet, sweet D. We haven't yeah. mentioned NBL 1. We managed to do that just about every Yeah, week. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, let's, let's head across the Pacific now. And uh, what's going on over there, mate, in the NBA? That. Yeah. <laughs> Look, elf in the room, COVID, it sucks. Yep. There is currently, as we record, 26 teams affected by COVID. So that's 26 teams with at least one player in health and safety protocols. Not many teams only have one player out of that 26. But I, I can, say one player feels like the dream. But. Yeah. Um, 
what is it? Eight teams have seven or more players in health and safety protocols. Mm. So I, you know, I've got better things to do than work out how many have five, six, four. But yeah, eight teams have seven or more. That is just crazy. So all the way up to you know, uh, the Raps have ten, the Hawks have eleven out. It, it's just crazy. Like I don't know if anyone uses RotoWire, which is a, a website that you know gives you your expected lineups from day to day. Uh, for any people that gamble responsibly, highly recommend that website. Um, and unfortunately, not sponsored content, but it is a great website. Um, so that's RotoWire. Anyway, if you jump on there and just look at uh, lineups right now, it, it's just crazy. It's like some of these teams just... <laughs> it, it shows you the starting five for each team for every game. And right now, the lists of players out are all longer than the starting five <laughs> for every team. It's just crazy to see. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Mal. I feel like the sensible thing to do is just to you know pause everyone clear protocols right now everyone come back let's get our product out on the floor nah and we all know why i mean we don't we're not breaking news here of why the nba just keeps on playing games and you know in saying that it is giving g leaguers and people out of any league altogether the chance to come back in and earn some money and have some contracts there so i i I get that that's helping, but I mean, are we still getting the product on the court? Like the Hawks with 11 players out, are you going to be tuning in to watch them? I I probably wouldn't watch them just with Trey Young out, let alone him and 10 others. Yeah, look, probably not. One thing we are going to get though, um, with the current, you know, mainstream NBA media is we're going to get stories like your ISO Joes and, and IT. You know, your ITs and your so-ons and your so-ons. Lance Stevenson. Yeah, <laughs> coming back. For that Hawks team, actually. Yeah. You know, um, Greg Munro, all, all these bibs and bobs and names that you haven't heard for a while and different things. And mm. that is actually nice because in that essence, these are good news stories. Until, of course, you know, IT has a couple of bad games and instantly it flips back to, oh, no, wait, totally negative. Out of all 15 players on the roster, you are the reason that we lost. Yep. Good old media over there in America. (laughs) you got to love it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, according to Shams, Lakers aren't going to continue, give him another 10-day, but there are other teams interested, so... Maybe it's not Boston, completely Boston, all over. Boston. <sighs> Look, I can't see it. Relive the dream, baby. Look, don't get me wrong. I love IT. I, I, I loved his time. We've talked about it before. Mm. But he needs the ball in his hands. And he's not a huge defensive threat. Um, and we've already got two players that you know need the ball in their hands. One big thing for Celtics, and this has turned into a little bit of Celtics chat, but it does that. Um, Are you sure you want to head down this path today? <laughs> uh, no, no. Look, in, As the, you were, Mel. in the Boxing Day game, something yeah. I've talked about a lot is the need for Tatum and Brown to share the load. And in that game, they genuinely did. Now, like, 
yes, they lost. They had the lead. They ended up losing in the fourth. Mm. You know, it happens. They also had – they were up against the Milwaukee Bucks who had a couple of players out, but was it they, – they had the majority the of their – The big three were playing. Yeah, <laughs> and some other – It doesn't matter who you put around there. Yeah, <laughs> and some other regular names as well. So, yeah. you know, we had nine out and we still – had them for three and a half quarters and then lost at the end. I'm okay with that. And also, like I was saying, Brown and Tatum shared it. It wasn't one blowing up and the other. They actually shared it around and it was a really nice balance of when one was a little bit flatter, the other one picked up the slack. And that's the kind of basketball we've been looking for as Celtic fans from these two since they arrived and... Hopefully, this is the catalyst to see more of it. Fingers crossed. I don't know if it's... <laughs> I doubt we actually do, but it'd be amazing to see. Well, b- bottom line from this headline, I guess, uh, is COVID sucks. Uh, yep. League should shut down. We are absolutely heading towards a bubble playoffs. Uh, so get pumped for that. Uh, but yeah, in other non-news, no yeah. trades. We're getting told... December 15, wait for December 15, 80% of the league can be traded. There's going to be every single player's going everywhere and, you know, everyone's up for sale. And here we are. Nothing. Mm. Are we, you know, are teams worried about COVID? Are they worried about, well, not worried, but they've got the buyout market in mind? I don't know. Is Ben Simmons going to end up being traded for, you know, three role players and three draft picks? Out of all this, is Maury going to hold on to him forever? Hold him captive? I don't know. Russell Westbrook. Uh, him and LeBron friends now. Or is you know is LeBron sick of playing 35 minutes at center at 37 years old and <laughs> losing? I, uh, there's so many trades that need to happen. I mean, look at the Kings. They had Gentry coming out saying... Their effort was disgraceful. It was the worst thing he's seen in 30 years of coaching. And then they backed it up by getting pumped by the Grizzlies. Same amount of effort. So, I mean, so many teams, nearly, I reckon, half the teams, you could easily pick some trades that need to happen. You know, that absolute cluster you-know-what out in Portland. Indiana. I mean, there's got to be some coming now is what I'm getting to. Yeah, you get the feeling, but I also get the feeling that these that head offices are basically working so hard to keep the status quo of actually getting a team out there every night mm. and making sure that they're ticking all the boxes and yada, 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 that they're just too busy. No one's in that mindset yet. So, look. You know, hopefully we see some blockbuster trades coming down the pipe. Love it to see that. Love that sort of stuff. We're here for it. We're just yeah. waiting. Just waiting. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't see it while while COVID's affecting this much of the league. I just can't see it. All right. Well, look, it's not a whole lot to talk about, really. It's a few, few games gone different ways. Christmas Day was pretty good, I feel like, which is our Boxing Day, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, the games are pretty good. There's the Knicks game was a bit, you know, they won pretty comfortably, but all the other games were quite close. A lot of stars missing, so it's, but the close games sort of balanced each other out, I guess. 
Uh, but I thought we'd talk about our Aussies over there, three of them in particular. Mm-hmm. So, Paddy Mills, Paddy Thrills, PMPM. Last two games, he's averaging 33 points, four rebounds, six assists. And we had Big Al right into the show saying or asking, should Paddy Mills have some consideration for most improved player? Which is a tricky question to answer. And given the context of this NBA season, mm. yes, he's, he's playing really well right now. And if you look at it under a microscope, absolutely. The improvement between last season and you know, the last couple of weeks is through the roof. But half the team is out for COVIDs mm. in the protocols. Harden's just come back. Durant's out. Kyrie, who knows where he is. Uh, question mark, question mark, question mark. Paddy's out there and has to produce, has to give him all these points because they have no one else. It's him out there with, you know, some G League guys and, you know, Harden's turned more into a playmaker. So now that he's back, he's looking for Paddy. I mean, if Paddy keeps this up for the whole season, maybe. But we have talked so about, hard. we have talked about seeing FIBA Paddy on an NBA court years yeah it's good to see but you know is he the most improved player in the league or is he in the most beneficial context in the league so you look at you know your leaders right now miles bridges jar morant both showing out on good teams that are not plagued by health and safety protocols so they're not their role hasn't necessarily changed in the context of their team, but their performances are elevated to that next level. Whereas Paddy, God bless him, by the way, mm. he's just been thrust into that position and told he has to perform. So, you know, I don't know how you look at the award or this question from Big Al, but he's improved beyond sight, but I don't know. I tell you right now, if he can average the same numbers that he's averaged over the last two games for the rest of the season, <laughs> no one will question it. It'll just be, yeah, right, give, give him the nod. Yeah, mm. d- don't care what the reasons are, just just, just give it to him. Yeah, It's, it's going to be his. Uh, I do have a quick Patty Mills question for you, though, buddy. A what, question or trivia? Uh, trivia question. Oh. What do these three players have in common? Dennis Schroeder, Rudy Gay, one Patrick Paddy Mills. What do all three of those players have in common? They're point guards? Uh, two of them are. Who, all the names? Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder Rudy, Gay, Rudy Gay, Patrick Mills. Well, two of them have played for Pop. Two of them are point guards. Mm-hmm. All three. Yeah. I don't know, mate. This let me know. This season, all three of these players are getting paid the exact same uh. amount of money, according to SpotTrack.com. So, which one of these teams do you think Boston, Utah, or Brooklyn is getting the most for their money? Oh that, well, it's it's Brooklyn way out <laughs> in top, uh, isn't it? What it's yeah, and look. The others, you know, I'd say the Celtics are getting their money's worth from Schroeder. Mm. I'd be glad they didn't give him $80 million, but 
they're getting their money's worth. And look, Utah, they're throwing out this new lineup with Rudy playing four and five, and his stats aren't huge in the box score, but he's changing matchups and is possibly going to help them in the playoffs when Gobert's getting played off the court. So his true value might come later in the season when it matters a bit more. But mm. right now, absolutely, Paddy's Paddy's contribution to Brooklyn's way above those other contracts. Yep. And since we're going to get to him, I'm sure, very shortly, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Rudy Gay, Patrick Mills, all actually tied in the 182nd... Second? Yep, tied for second. 182nd um, in highest paid this season. One Josh Giddy is in 181 with 5,988,000. So he's actually getting paid almost 100 grand more than our Paddy this year. Oh, well, let's jump to the Gidmeister let's, let, let's jump into one Josh Giddy. He's um, just been named the West Rookie of the Month mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Averaging 10, 7, and 6 with a steal for this month. And he just achieved, I guess for lack of a better term, a record in the league. He's the first person in 50 years to record a double-double without scoring a point. (laughs) He went 0 of 8 from the field. Yeah. But he got his double-double first since Norm Van Lier 50 years ago. So glad that that was not trivia. I still don't understand who is paid... And who, how do they go through box scores over 50 years to find this? It's just crazy. Mm. Must have some sort of search engine where they can type in a certain term or something and it just finds it all in a database. Yeah. I, I don't know how it all works, but good on them. Beyond me. But, doing doing uh, God's work out there. You know, we've been long-time Giddy fans. Um, literally... <laughs> Well, I oh, mate, two years. Come on. No, no, it hasn't been two years yet. We're still oh, within a not year. Not even two years. No, yes. but on our very first pod, we talked about Josh Giddy. Oh boy! So, you know, we've been there from from the jump, if you will. Um, talking I about him, and he's call him the Gidmeister. Hey, <laughs> that's after he's been on the show. We'll... Yeah, yeah. Save that. Maybe ask him his thoughts on it. Oh, I'll reach out right now. I'm sure he'll get back to me instantly. <laughs> Uh, um, look, last Aussie to mention while we're talking NBA. Yeah, baby. The Jock, the Landale, mm. the Jock Landale. In his last two games, just to do a similar comparison to Paddy, are uh, not comparable numbers though. He's only averaging 16 minutes in the last two games, but he's giving 16 points and seven rebounds. So, do you think he's, he's warranting an, enough to? to gain more playing time under Pop out there? Uh, look, it's hard to say that Pop's not, you know, got a handle on it because it's Pop, mm. let's face it. Um, but let's be honest, if, like, what else could he do? Like, it, if he, if you're scoring a point a minute, that's, you know, that's Curry-esque. Yeah, you, you bust that out to per 36, you know, obviously that's huge. Um so that that's you know high level elite stuff. Obviously, that's not over the full forty or the, you know full thirty six, but uh, you know still it's impressive and it's really great to see uh, him in his in his first year 
uh, out there. Staying ready down the end of the bench. Apparently, um, I've heard Andrew Bogut's been on the phone to him and, you know, trying to, you know, give some assistance and different things around the mental side of it. And, uh, yeah, got the call up and has been firing. So, uh, and looked absolutely gorgeous in those white spur city jerseys. Oh, I've never... I've never been totally down for the, you know, the black and silver. Um, you know, it, it's a bit like the Celtics jersey. If you don't like it, well, then too bad because it's it's what they pretty much always rock, like the green and white. Um, same with the black and silver. Uh, but that one, oh, that was gorgeous, you know. Oh, wowzers. A little splash of color, a little bit of white in there. Wowzers, wowzers. All right, shout out to Jock. Keep it up. I uh, just wanted to bring up something. You mentioned the name Greg Monroe before. Mm-hmm. It, it reminded me of um, a stat that I came across. Mm-hmm. Is he's he's the picture of it. Do you want to know? It's got the top five of recent seasons, or or top five seasons of the most players used in the whole NBA. So across the season. How yep. many total players were used across the 30 teams? Okay, yep. Do you yep. know... So this season's in the top five. Do you want to know where it ranks currently? Oh. Like, we're, th- we're only 30 games in the season. Yep. Well, there's been heaps, so let's go number one. It's number one. Yeah. Uh, number two was last year, but this season has already surpassed last year's COVID-affected season. Yeah. In 30 games. <laughs> so on average, if you average this out across all the teams, just to put in perspective, this would mean that every team has gone through like 18 players. So three reserves every team. Oh, dang. Which, you know, if you go back years, that's just crazy. To be 30 games into the season and every team on average has used three replacement players... And, and look, it's that's not the case, obviously. Some teams have used 10, some have used none or one. But on average, you're looking at three per team. And, and that number's, at least for the foreseeable future, only going to climb north. Yeah, well, they're not out of this. No. It's, 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 it's just getting it. worse and worse. And <sighs> Anyway, we, we've already had a rant about COVID. I just wanted to bring that up. Number one in players used in a season, 30 games in. What a year, though, to be on top of your game in the G League. Yeah, right. Like If you're, on, if you're playing at your absolute best in mm. the G League and you still can't get a contract, ouch, you'd, you'd really be asking some questions of yourself. Now, obviously, they're, you know, these head offices are looking for players to fit a very specific role for each team. Mm. But, um, yeah, psychologically, that'd be tough if the phone wasn't ringing. But here we are, players of the week. I forgot to mention this at the top. In the West. The West. In the West. It's a point guard. Point guard. West. Give me a clue. That isn't positional related. <laughs> um, you would know this player as an acronym. Their nickname is an acronym oh, of their name. Shay? That's it. SGA. Yep. Shy Gilgis Alexander. Well done, Mel. 27, 7, and 6, leading the Thunder to a 3 and 1 record. 
This is crazy times we live in, and it's only about to get crazier, Mal, because the player of the week for the East, it's another point guard. You would not be expecting this one, uh, considering he has been parked on the pine for the past month. Oh, it's not Kemba. It's Kemba oh. Walker. 25 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds per game over the past week. Of course, totally super inflated by that explosive 44-point game he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he's literally been benched for a month. Comes out, gets player of the week, walks into Tibbs' office, says, Beautiful. Where am I going? <laughs> There's my trade value, but where am I going? Yep. Uh, yep. And look, I think that's probably best for both parties. They clearly like D Rose, the Knicks. Emmanuel quickly is their guard of the future, most likely. He's back. Um, you know, maybe they look to move Walker on while he looks like he can play again. Yeah, and his contract certainly isn't big. So. And he had that ugly. Ugly triple double on Christmas. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's worse than a Westbrook one. <laughs> like, yep, you had a triple double, bud, but uh, yep, you missed just about every shot you took. Yeah, what did was it? Uh, the Van Gundy quite going around? Was it just because you got a triple double doesn't mean you yeah. had a good game? Directed squarely and solely at Russell Westbrook. Yep. <laughs> but yep. yeah, there's your players of the week, <laughs> Kemba Walker. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's crack open that pack, Mel. Let's do it. Let's go back in time to the 1990-91 season. No chewing gum, unfortunately. So you know. so for first-time listeners and people have just forgotten or never listened this far before, Mel's going to read out 15 cards. This is our retro pack, last part of the month. Uh, 15 cards, and then we're just going to draft three each, and you're going to choose whose team is better. All right, our first card. Here we go. One, Danny Manning of the LA Clippers. Ooh. Rookie card. One, Tim Hardaway. Oh, killer. Not junior. Tim Hardaway. Rookie card. Golden State Warriors. Uh, MIP of this year, apparently. Ronnie Sakali. I'm going to say that. Miami Heat. Uh, Randy Whitman. A Whitman sampler. Indiana Pacers. Randy. Kevin Willis. Ford Center. Nice. For the Atlanta Hawks. Solid. Randy Brewer. Two Randys. Randy Randy is all get out. (laughs) Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, One Kenny Walker for the Knicks. Oh, Bill Lambert. Yes. Bill Lambert from the Pistons, of course. John Williams for the Washington Bullets. One, Joe Dumars third, All-star for the East. Miami. Uh, uh, one, Buck Johnson of the Houston Rockets. Buck Johnson. Mm. Willie Anderson. The San Antonio Spurs. Larry Brown, coach card. And then we have Rolando Blackman, all-star for the West. Roll two Randys and a Rolando. We've just yeah. been and a buck. Spoiled. Don't forget the buck. 
So now we got to drop three of these each. Yeah, oh, and, and you get to go first. There's some, there's some real pieces there. There's some real pieces. All right, buddy, for better or worse, you have the first pick of the draft. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be hard to go past one of the all-star cards here. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Rolando Blackman from the West and mm-hmm. Joe Dumas from the East. You know I love me a good guard there, Mal. I'm going to take Joe Dumas from the Detroit Pistons off the board. Just like that, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. All right. Still a lot of talent out there on the court. There is. There is. All right. Uh, look, I'm going to take the rookie card of Tim Hardaway. Ooh. I'm going to take Timmy Hardaway. All right. Need a guard. And, uh, yeah, I'll go from there. All right. Here you go, bud. Oh, 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 oh. oh well, as they say, what's better than one all-star? I don't know. A Mike Conley all-star? That can't be true. Oh, love Mike Conley jersey. <laughs> I'm going to have two. Rolando Blackman from the Dallas Mavericks. Two guards there. Two all-stars against your little rookie Tim Hardaway. Uh-huh. All good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, look, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with one of the bad boy Pistons. Why not? Bill Lambeer. Personally, you know, not a huge fan, but. Uh, yep. You know, bad guy center on a three on three. You're going to think twice about going inside. So, yeah, let's do it. I'll have Tim Hardaway as my guard and Bill Lambeer as my center. All right. Well, yeah, we've got um, each got a, a bad boy piston there, I guess. Um, I need I need a big. I need a big. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with rebounding machine from the Atlanta Hawks, one Kevin Willis. Nice. So, my nice. big man to hold down the middle for my guards, Kevin Willis. Your last uh, big now. Well, I'm going to go big man again. Uh, give up the give up the outside a little bit and lock down the inside, which is what what the NBA back in this sort of time was kind of more about was that inside play. So I'm going to go with two uh, two big guys in the middle, one center, one forward, and I'm going to go with Danny Manning from the LA Clippers. All right. So that's my my three versus your three. All right, very good. Well, there it is. Mel's team, Tim Hardaway, Bill Lambeer, Danny Manning. Dan's team, Kevin Willis, Rolando Blackman, Joe Dumas. Two Randys are in the pack. Zero Randys make the cut. We'll put those teams up on the socials. You'll be able to vote on them over the weekend, see who drafted the best team. And if you're lucky, we might even get a picture of the actual cards up there now. Bit of a better visual for everybody. Yeah, uh, see how we go, eh? <laughs> but now that brings us to the end. Aww. Episode 51. So close. One more to go. Well, that's the last one for the calendar year. Yep. One more to go for our year. It's been an exciting time. Uh, 
given the non-exciting time in the leagues that we cover at the moment. So we may give it what we can. We'll, we'll analyze what we can. But obviously, with postponements and whatnot, we can only do so much. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of basketball on over the next week and a half. So All good. We but will we'll We in. will have a show. We, we will, will have a show. We'll persevere. We're resilient. Yep. There'll be a show. So... Thanks for joining us for another week on Border and Lie Australia. We'll be back next week, of course. Looking forward to you joining us. Hope you had a great Christmas, nice, safe Christmas. Catch up with whoever you can. And also, have a fantastic New Year. We'll see you next week. Well, you'll hear us next week. Until then, just remember that Border and Lie never does. <laughs>